Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. There is no denying 2020 has been a year we will never forget. And with 2021 in our sights, now is a better time than ever to look back on the year that was. All right. Who better to reflect on how far we've come and to look to our bright future than the Prime Minister himself, Mr Scott Morrison. Prime Minister, welcome to The Morning Show. Hey, Larry. Hey, Kylie. Oh. <laughs> Good to be with you. We knew you'd get along uh, at some point. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, we know it can be complicated for people like you to be on shows like this. What you need to know, we're not expecting you to do the Macarena at the end of the interview. So, is that well, OK? Well, that's welcome, particularly for your viewers. Yeah. Now, it has been, it's been a tough year for all of us, and for you especially, of course. Mm. Uh, you, like most of us, are uh, sort of crawling towards the end line. And we'd love a personal answer instead of a political one, but how are you feeling as the end of the year draws nigh? Well, to be honest, I'm feeling very thankful. Um, I mean, Australia's management and the, the cooperation and the support that Australians have provided all through this year has been quite overwhelming, Larry. I mean, I've said it quite a few times now. I've never been more proud of my country than I am now. When I look at what's happening around the world, this has been an effort from everyone. Certainly our government's done its job and state governments have done their job, but it's, it's just been people just dealing with the challenges of every day that has together got us through to where we are. So, you know, we're going to have Christmas this year in Australia like few other countries. In other countries, they'll be in lockdown, people will be separated from each other. And in this country, from one end to the other, we're re reunited. Australia's whole again as we come to Christmas. And I'm just very thankful and very grateful. What do other world leaders say to you about what we've done here? Well, they're obviously quite uh, impressed and, uh, and they ask, well, how did you do it? And uh, the answer I give is pretty similar to what I just gave just then. Um, there has been good, strong health controls. Yes, we shut down the borders. Yes, uh, that is you know, internationally. Uh, yes, we got our testing and tracing systems uh, in place and, and they've been highly effective. I think the cooperation we've had from the public when, when things have occurred with outbreaks, uh, particularly here in New South Wales, where you know, there have been quite a few outbreaks, but they've been well contained. But the other part of it that I stress to them, it hasn't just been about suppressing the virus where we've had great success. It's also about keeping our economy intact. And JobKeeper and JobSeeker, um, yeah. they have been a lifeline to this country over the last nine, 12 months. I was down in Launceston yesterday and just the number of business people, small business people who came up and said thank you uh, to the Australian people um, for the support through JobKeeper that kept their employees in jobs. I was at a, a hydraulics company yesterday in Devonport. They had 106 employees. They didn't drop one, not one, mm -hmm. because of JobKeeper. And there were apprentices there 
And you know, it's a regional town in Australia, city in Australia, that could have been absolutely decimated by this. And, you know, we're whole again and still, and we're looking to 2021 very optimistically. Yeah, if you're talking to family and friends overseas right now, you do get the feeling we are very much in the lucky country right now. Uh, overnight, China has defended its yeah, decision. Yeah, but we make our own luck, Larry. Yeah, That's no, the true. other point. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you know, China the harder you work, the luckier you get. <laughs> there you go. Um, overnight, China has defended its decision to all but ban Australian coal imports, accusing Australia of playing the victim here. Now, do we need to be anxious? I mean, we are anxious. How anxious do we need to be about our relationship with China moving forward, would you say? Well, we take these issues very seriously, and the Chinese government has not confirmed to us um, about any official decision they have made in, in this area. I should stress one point, that our biggest coal exporting uh, the countries that take our exports largest on coal are actually Japan and India. So China is not our major uh, importer when it comes to thermal or metallurgical coal. Um, that, there are many other markets. South Korea is another one. Um, but we, of course we take these things seriously. Uh, but if, if that were to be true, as I said yesterday, if there was such a ban on Australian coal, then that would be in direct contravention to World Trade Organisation rules. It would also be a complete breach of the Free Trade Agreement. And so that's very serious for Australia, but it is actually bigger than that, because that would be suggesting that China would, if that were true, then, then that perception would take hold very quickly, that they wouldn't be treating those rules with the right um, uh, respect, um, and because the World Trading Organization's rules are very important uh, for the trading system around the world. And so I don't think that would be in China's interests. It wouldn't be in our interests. And so I think it's best to, for us, to, as we've always called for, is for leader-level dialogue and for ministerial-level dialogue. We've always been open for that mature conversation. Uh, but Australia will still be Australia. Um, our values will still be our values. We'll still continue to set our laws here about foreign investment and our, our critical infrastructure. We'll have a free press. Parliamentarians will be able to speak freely. Uh, we'll want to understand how to deal with world health issues. So, you know, they are clear positions Australia has always taken, including on human rights issues. Um, but we want to see China do well uh, economically. That's good for Australia. So the relationship has a, has a big future if we can just focus on the things that benefit us both. Okay. It is party season. Everyone loves an invitation at this time of year. In the last few hours, Boris Johnson has revealed Australia's been invited to attend the G7 summit. How important is that in this current climate? Well, I think it's very important, and, and, and Boris, uh, when we spoke some months ago, indicated that to me, and I, I made comment on it at the time, um, and we'll join together with India and, and South Korea as observers at the G7, um, and that makes it three years running now that Australia has been invited to participate in the G7, first in France, uh, it was to be in the United States, and we were invited there as well, but COVID prevented that meeting, and now again in the UK. I mean, this is a, a meeting of the world's largest uh, liberal market-based democracy economies, um, like-minded countries, and, uh, and including ourselves together with India and South Korea, I think um, really adds to that. And uh, it's important that as we come out of this COVID recession around the world, um, one thing that didn't happen during this recession, it wasn't caused by a collapse of capitalism or any of these sorts of things. It was caused by a meteor, a, a metaphorical meteor in the form of COVID-19. And the way out of this is through you know, the, the models that we have in, in countries like ours and, and the United Kingdom and the United States and Japan and France, you know, liberal market-based democracies um, that has produced the greatest wealth I think the world has ever seen following that approach. 
and, uh, and with the right social supports that democracies like ours have. So it's good for us to get together, uh, to line up on these issues and see how we can um, continue to support the recovery of the world economy. Yeah, that global problem solving right now, you'd have to think it's more important than ever, wouldn't you? The, and still overseas, there are still tens of thousands mm. of Australians stranded abroad and they were desperately trying to get home for Christmas, desperately. And, and you hope to get them home by now. What, what happened with that? Well, there were 26,000 that were looking to come home, and I said that's what we'd seek to get back. We've actually got 52,000 back, so we've doubled it, and we will more than double that by Christmas. Um, the issue is, is that since then, more people have sought to come home. So we've just got over 30,000 right now registered who wanted to get home before the end of the year. There's about another 8,000 that were looking to come back next year. So we've more than uh, doubled uh, what we'd hoped to do by Christmas. There are a lot of people looking to come home. That's obviously constrained uh, by the quarantine capacity here in Australia. We've sought to boost that as well as running additional flights. Uh, we've set up quarantine capacity uh, in the Northern Territory and also down in Tasmania, uh, where I was discussing that with the Premier yesterday. So we've been, uh, we've been doing everything we can to get people home and we've more than doubled what we expected to do by this time of the year. Uh, but there are more Australians looking to come home. What that will look like in the new year, Larry, well, we'll have to wait and see. Um, uh, I think the additional people coming on looking to come home, contracts have finished, work has finished, the situation particularly in the UK has, has deteriorated fairly significantly with COVID. But the biggest group that are looking to come home are actually out of India. Um, almost around about 10,000 looking to come home from India. Uh, it was just under 5,000, 4,500 looking to come back from the UK and then it, it goes bound from there. So we're running extra flights. We've expanded quarantine capacity with the states and direct funding and involvement of the Commonwealth. We're providing tens of millions of support uh, for people who are stuck overseas, compassionate assistance uh, for accommodation, emergency accommodation and other needs that they have. So the Australian system is working at night and day to get people home and giving them the support they have. Yeah, your message to those still stuck, Prime Minister? We're, we're looking to get you home as soon as we possibly can. And uh, that's what the record shows. Um, we know you want to come home and you have every right to come home. You're an Australian. Um, and you're my first priority in terms of people coming back into the country. Many have said to me, oh, we need to let our international students come back or, or others come back. And, and I said, well, no, they're not taking the place of Australians coming home. They're my first priority. And I appreciate the cooperation I've had with the premiers on that. Okay. Now, this morning, the um, March COVID-19 vaccine rollout strategy was revealed. So can you tell us who will get the vaccine first and why? Well, the strategy um, is yet to be finalised and released. I should stress that. The policy is in place and that has been adopted not only as it needs to be by my cabinet, the federal cabinet, but also the national cabinet. Uh, the details of the full rollout are still being worked out with the states and territories because uh, they're our partners in the, in the delivery of this vaccine. I mean, obviously, health workers and, and those in those critical occupations are at the front of the queue, uh, just like we're already seeing that in the United Kingdom and, and the United States. Um, but the details of that plan are still being worked out, uh, Larry. So um, we'll have more to say about that as that time approaches. See, Australia is in a much better position than overseas. I mean, in overseas, they have to do emergency um, authorisation of these vaccines because, frankly, that's the last uh, that's the last offence in terms of the situation they're facing. Right here in Australia, as I said, we're going to have a Christmas like few other countries are going to have, with families and friends and people getting together. That's not happening overseas. And so this gives us uh, the opportunity to ensure we get all of these decisions right. We learn from what's happening overseas. Uh, the Therapeutic Goods Administration, when it gives it the tick, 
uh, then people can get the jab and they can be confident about getting the jab because we have one of the highest vaccination rates in the world and the reason for that is Australians have great confidence in the system we've built to keep them safe and to protect their health. So no one's rushing a decision and, uh, and we're working consultatively to get all elements of that plan right. Okay, so to that point, what's your plan for letting international visitors in, you know, into the next year? Can you envisage uh, an Australia that will still let people in who haven't been vaccinated from overseas? Well, I think you'll find the airlines themselves make their own decisions on that, um, and that will be a largely an international position taken uh, by airlines, and that's been a subject of discussion I've had with other global leaders in, in, in recent weeks. Um, at this stage, our focus, I mean, we're not lifting the international borders at present, and we have no immediate plans to do that. We've obviously lifted them for uh, the New Zealand, and that's gone very well. I, mean, I think we're approaching almost about 10,000 people now who've come across the ditch from New Zealand, and uh, we've had no issues there, didn't expect there to be. The uh, decision was made on a health basis, and it's working very well. Um, Pacific Islanders, um, there is you know, the possibility to do that. We're already doing that with seasonal workers, uh, with on-farm quarantine, especially up there in Queensland. That's working well. But we're taking this very, very cautiously, Kylie. Um, I mean, the reason we've done so well is we've been so careful around our borders. And so we'll work through those issues. Um, but uh, look, I hope that we can see international travel resume well into next year, uh, but I'm, I'm not expecting it really, certainly not in the first quarter of next year. And in the quarter after that, uh, a lot would have to change to see that happening at any sort of uh, industrial scale. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All right, that's Prime Minister Scott Morrison. Let's talk family man, ScoMo, <laughs> through the pandemic. i uh, tell you what, it's been tough for everyone, hasn't it, to keep all this together. Uh, we've still seen these great pictures of you, you know, being a normal dad uh, at home with the kids. How important has it been for you to maintain being a father to Lily and Abby? Because everybody has needed a guiding light to get through this. Uh, your family would be the same. Well, regardless of what job you have, whether it's mine or yours or yours, Kylie, or anyone else's, when you're a parent, that's the most important job. I think we all agree with that. And, and I, I really do appreciate the way that Australians 
also um, give me great support in that. I, we, as a family, we've had so many wonderful messages this year, and we're quite overwhelmed by it, I've got to say. The girls are great, Jen's great, Mum's doing well, and so is my mother-in-law. We'll all be together for Christmas. Um, right now, though, um, as we go into this, I mean, obviously, we're, we're a bit concerned about things that are happening here domestically, particularly with the, uh, the, uh, the weather events we're seeing up north. I think we had 1,600 calls to emergency services uh, yesterday in uh, in Queensland, 1100 in New South Wales. So we're keeping a close eye on that. So I'm staying very close to home. Uh, I'll be down at the lodge this year at Christmas um, with the family and uh, we'll take a bit of time off in the early in the new year and Michael McCormick step up then uh, for a week or so. Um, we're just down the south coast of New South Wales and so we're not too, we'll be we're very close to home uh, dealing with any issues that arise. We are watching those tropical cyclone and other events. Um, this year we know with La Nina that's going to have an impact, and so we've been preparing for that for many months now. Um, but for home, look, you know, a bit of time um, together. Um, that's how we've all got through this, haven't we? Just with our family and our friends supporting yeah. each other, and I've been no different. Uh, my family's just been absolutely amazing, and, and uh, Jen is, uh, of course, um, the rock of the whole family. Yeah. <laughs> is it refreshing just to be called Dad when, when you get home, or, or do they call you Prime Minister if you ask them to do their homework? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll tell you Minister. one thing. You might remember back uh, earlier in the pandemic when there was that issue, I think a whole bunch of people turned out on a beach in Bondi one day, and I must admit I was a bit grumpy about that because we were very worried, and I said, stop it, it's ridiculous. And, and Abby said, that's what you say to us. <laughs> they recognise that phrase. I don't tell them it's un-Australian, though, if, it's, uh, if, if they don't do their homework. But I've got to say, the girls did... I was really proud of them. They, um, I mean, like all the kids this year, and particularly Year 12 kids, yeah. um, gosh, they had it hard this year. I'm so proud of our Year 12 students this year. Um, my girls did great in school this year. They really tried hard. Um, and I was so thrilled when I saw their reports cards. And thanks to all the teachers down at their school, they've been great for them. Um, so they've come through. I think like all kids are getting through. They're very resilient kids. Um, but I think this year, they deserve maybe one extra present under the tree because they've put up with a lot just like um, everyone else and, and, and a couple of special hugs. I'm certainly looking forward to my Christmas Day hugs with my family. Yeah. yeah. Hey, who gets the best guest suite at the lodge? Is it mum or mother-in-law? This is an important question. <laughs> well, um, they're, they're pretty similar, I've got to say. Right. Um, and uh, they sort of pick them themselves because... So I'm not getting into that. <laughs> Good answer. They, uh, mum oh, mum and, and, uh, and Beth, they were both down for the first wave. We spent the first wave in Canberra for obvious reasons. Um, uh, that was where I needed to be. And so all the family joined me there. The kids were doing school from there. And so mum and, and Beth, they were there. And that was great to have them there with the, with the girls as well, with Jen. So that, um, that was... So that, they'll just go... They, they can run up the stairs and pick their own rooms. Yeah. <laughs> good, it's good made answer. us realise how important family is this year, hasn't it? Like, yeah. so important. Mm. Now, uh, before we let you go, well, Prime Minister, we've been waiting to talk to you for a while, and one of the things we really wanted to uh, flash back and enjoy this moment again with you was when you went to visit our very own Glenn Wheeler. It would have been a couple of years ago now. We know oh, that yeah. you're great mates, and gee, yeah. we love this picture. And the, yeah. You went round to his house to say hello. You, you've been mates for a long time. Yeah. We have, and, and to Glenn and the whole family, I, I know Glenn's um, uh, not, not always at home now, and yeah. I, I, I caught up with the news when I was down the Shire the other weekend, and they're a wonderful family. Glenn's got a heart as big as the sun, um, yeah. and it warms everybody, and, uh, 
and he's totally unfiltered. The truth was he was pretty unfiltered before, I've got to say. Correct. As you guys Correct. know very better than anyone. Correct. Um, he's, he's, he's still full of love and he plants those big wet lips on you anytime you get within, you know, any distance. I mean, I don't know how he would have, how he got through COVID without sort of kissing everybody that came within any sort of uh, measurable distance. Um, but I, I really hope him and the whole family have a great Chrissy together. Yeah. They're a wonderful family. And down in our Shire community, they are royalty and they're loved great. And I reckon um, he'll be watching that fight with Gal, I suspect. Yes. Um, and he'll be, he'll be uh, backing a local boy there, no doubt. Well, he's watching yeah, that with Michelle. We know that for sure. And he's probably uh, smooching the he? TV oh, as you great. speak. Good Absolutely. Day, guys. <laughs> All right. Good uh, to see us. And um, God bless. And I hope you're great. I'm sorry. We, we usually try and have a, a, a meal with, uh, with Glenn um, before Christmas. Um, this year's been really hard to organise it. But um, I'm glad they're watching. And love you, yeah. mate. All right. He's, oh, been, he's, been, he's been busy. We get it. Um, so, so nice to talk to you. My favourite quote is, uh, Glenn is totally unfiltered. I think yes. that's, that's but, my takeaway. But also was before. Was, was before. And always will yeah. be. Thank you, Prime Minister. Thank you, Prime Minister. Great chat. We appreciate that. Merry Christmas, guys. Have a, a real happy new year. I think we're going to say that with feeling this year. Yeah, for 100%. sure. Looking forward to next year, that's for sure. Thank you.